Hello there. Thanks for joining us on the Christ Covenant Sermon Talkback. The Sermon Talkback is where pastors and members of Christ Covenant can process the sermon, ask questions, and more practically apply the content of the sermon. If you do have a question you would like to have dialogued, please use our text to pastor line at 404-465-1737. And if you'd like to find more resources, visit ChristCovenant.com slash resources. We hope you enjoy the discussion. Well, we continue the sermon series, All Things New. Yesterday, we talked about the new life. Um, it's, it's, last week was the new creation. The word, actually, that is in 2 Corinthians that we looked at this week is new creation, but it's a, it's a little more particular. It's about kind of the particular work of the new creation, the particular work of the Kainos Project, the, the work in individuals, the, the work in he or she, not in the entire cosmos, those, though those two ideas are not unrelated. Um, I'm joined today uh, to talk a little further about the sermon, uh, and it's and it's a COVID-safe uh, virtual sermon talkback today uh, via telephone. I am talking with a real live COVID patient right now, Thomas Nelson. How are you feeling, Thomas? I'm feeling great. I got my disinfecting wipe, my thermometer in front of me, and a Bible and a notepad. So That's I'm good. That's good. Well, I'm, I'm sorry you're not feeling good, and um, but really glad that you're not feeling too too poorly. And uh, that's very right. gracious. And yeah, it's just I mean, it's a it's a really you know strange and scary time uh, in uh, the world, and we're just trying to obviously thread the needle of gathering, being together, but also keeping folks safe and trying to be wise. Um, so we thought today would be good to, to space out a little bit, and we're like really spacing out because we're on the telephone and um so i got thomas and then also jordan coughlin um so you doing all right jordan i'm glad to be here how's how's everything at the coughlin house today well it is good um and you know talking about the sunday service is an amazing service for our family because our our son got baptized jack in the first service and uh so we you know i was texting with a couple people like it's such a unique joy to see one of your children baptized and be able to participate in it and uh, particularly him in his story. So we are still on the high of that, that moment and uh, in our family. So mm. it's a wonderful Sunday service for us. It, it was awesome. And just, you know, so grateful for Jack. I mean, he's just such a, a, a fine young man as they used to say, but, but he really is. I mean, he's just such a, a wonderful guy. He, uh, you can just even see in him a heart, a genuine heart for the Lord and, you know, how he's maneuvered cancer with, uh, with great faith, um, is, it's just been, it's encouraging. So, yeah. well, um, so, you know, typically as we kind of jump into this and we love questions too, I just want to kind of give everybody a plug. Like if you ever have a question about the sermon, um, you know, feel free to text a pastor or you can text me if you got my number, email me, jason at christcovenant.com. Um, but, you know, we always kind of start these just by thinking about the sermon a little bit. What were things that left uh, maybe a little bit of a deeper impression on you? So we'll start with you, Thomas. What what, what impressions did uh, you have in listening to the sermon? How was the online experience too, Thomas? That That would be helpful for our folks also. It's uh, it's 
you know, I think we're all excited for the day when uh, that's that's not uh, the the quick switch over because I I couldn't come or didn't feel like coming. Um, obviously, I couldn't come yesterday, but Heather and I are both both talking about just how uh, how great that was. She's uh, we're we're quarantined from each other. She's not showing any signs right now, so she uh, she got to show her folks actually the service and. They were commenting on how how uh, how good it was. I think there's uh, there's something about the family feel of Christ's Covenant that maybe even comes through the computer a little bit, comes out the television. Wow, wow, that's awesome. Well, what, what, yeah, what were some of your? By the way, they they loved the baptisms. Yeah, uh, man, they, they were just, great. Yeah, so just to reiterate, but I, Jason, I love this series. Uh, I've said love a lot. I'll try to use a different word, but I, I mean, it's a, it's a time of love, Thomas. <laughs> uh, I, I, I like project. I like that idea that we're looking at how the Lord, um, you know, does makes makes things new. And just jump into the end of this whole passage in Second Corinthians five, um, the last verse of the chapter. It's it's one of my favorite verses in the New Testament. Uh, when I first saw it. Uh, I couldn't recall a sermon that I had heard. I think I was a college kid and just jumped off the page. Mm. For our sake, he made him sin who knew no sin, uh, to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I just felt like, I felt like that was a, uh, there, I'm going to use the word again, I felt like that was a love letter, and it, it just jumped off the page and makes you makes you teary-eyed makes you one makes you see like well that that's what's so amazing about grace um for you know for our sake it yeah, made it, him yeah sorry uh, it, it is such a helpful passage i mean one of the kind of ways that we talk about justification at christ's covenant is this you know great exchange idea and um you know in terms of like what passage of the bible communicates that with the most clarity and in the simplest way and it's really this one i mean in terms of just understanding um what really it means to be justified in christ um it's this you know this and this is the appeal i love that you know i love in the middle of verse 20 how paul's like be reconciled to god and then he just gives this little pa i can explain the gospel in kind of one sentence you know and so um so yeah i mean such a such a powerful passage um then it got illustrated with an astronaut. I mean, <clears throat> you know. So who? Wow. I mean, I had not. I love astronauts. I had not done before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I love the the, kinda, the thought that you put out there, where it was, um, hey, this is a motivational poster, and I'm, uh, you know, I'm just listening. Uh, I, I wasn't privy to the last little writing of your sermon, so I wasn't quite sure where you were going to go with it. Uh, like okay, motivation. I hear you. And then he said, "No, no, no. This Jesus is. It's not. He's not a motivation poster. He's all purity becoming all impurity. Mm. Uh, it's, he, he is the motivation. He's he, he's the beginning and the end. He's he's not saying, hey, just live better because I lived real good for you. Um, he's like, no, no, you 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 couldn't do it, so I did it. Um, that it's just a that that whole idea of he's not a motivation, but he's a promise. He's the bedrock. Yeah, I just that that really just stuck with me. Yeah, and he he is a motivation, obviously. So we we don't want to 
miss the point. Like we, we, he is the son of righteousness. Uh, you know, we, we can understand what righteousness is by looking to Jesus. Um, but the great news of the gospel is not just that God has sent us a motivator or even a model, but that God has given us righteousness. As you said, you know, he has given us uh, a standing before God um, through and he and he has cleared our guilt. Right. And so there's two things happening. We're, we're both we're both getting rid of, if you will, or having our sin being transferred to Christ that he freely took on. And then, of course, suffered in our place on the cross. Um, but we're also receiving his righteousness. It's, it's not just a poster of Michael Jordan in your bedroom. It's Michael Jordan kind of transition, transferring uh, the Jordan brand and his stat sheet to you, you know. And that's what you're receiving through faith in Christ, which is, um, it's, it's an unbelievable thing to believe. I mean, it's, it's actually kind of hard to believe. Um, you know, if somebody says that... Yeah. If somebody says they don't believe the gospel um, because it's too good, it's too loving, it's too gracious, I, I'd actually like be a little sympathetic to that um, because it is yeah. so good and so gracious and so merciful. Yeah, amen. Yeah, I love that illustration. I had I had a Michael Jordan poster hanging above my bedroom for many years, and that was uh, motivating man, for you. <laughs> it was, it was, but somehow those powers weren't transferred to me mm -mm. in my uh, basketball playing career. <laughs> but no, man, I thought you did a great job illustrating uh, this whole point, just with your whole file and resume yeah. um, illustration. Yeah. Like I, you know, even as we were talking about before we got on here, I was just struck again at how often. I I want to present a resume of my own creation <laughs> and I have this kind of file attached to it uh, you know my rap sheet of sins that like I can't I can't get away from and that and that is the sense of like we carry this inadequacy because we're sinners right because we 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 will never we can never present to anyone let alone God this this perfection that's required um but how beautiful you know when you moved into jesus has done this jesus has given you not only a perfect resume before the father but he's also cleansed your file mm -hmm. and he's given you his righteousness um man that that's so great i mean even talk about it, it that's so powerful because i on both ends both the resume and the file I either can carry this deep sense of inadequacy and shame or uh, arrogance, but ill-placed, you know, of, hey, maybe I can present myself as someone who, you know, is, is a good person. Um, but Jesus is, Jesus has solved both of those things. And that's just, it was so powerful. So thank you. Thank you for that. Hey, well, praise the Lord. I, I, you know, I, um, I was just thinking, even as you were talking, uh, one of the songs that came to mind is I think about the difference between the resume and the record or the resume and the file. Um, you know, I, I think that some people say, you know, I think we, a lot of us approach God with a resume, right? And say, oh, if I, what have I done good enough? I do think a lot of people maybe say, have I done enough good, right? How is my resume good enough to be received yeah. by God? I think the thing that we miss though 
is and, and that I think the thing that doesn't is not not as natural to people is kind of the, the hymn that I was talking to you guys earlier about, you know, this whole like dark is the stain that we cannot hide. What can avail to wash it away? I'm, I'm quoting, um, you know, what is it? What's the name of that song? Uh, grace, grace, God's grace. Um, what, what song am I quoting here, Jordan? Grace, greater than, grace, grace is greater than, greater than all than our sin. Yeah. Grace is greater than all our sin. Right. It, it seems that, you know, um, I think that's an early 20th century hymn. It seems like grace and, and like this, the dark stain that we cannot hide felt a little more present to those singers. Now it's more this like feeling of inadequacy. I, you know, am I measuring up? Have I done enough? Um, and, and really both are going on. I mean, so both tendencies yeah. are kind of true. I think it's just, it's just interesting, you know, kind of where we meet people with the gospel and I do think it's, you know, it's important as we try to think about how do I share this gospel with people that don't believe? I, you got to kind of feel like where they're coming from, right? Some people are very aware of their sin. They feel, I've got this dark stain that I cannot hide. Um, some people, though, they don't, they don't really see themselves in that way. But they're, I, I've not yet met a person that doesn't have, I talked about the feeling of inadequacy that we have. Um, I've not yet met a person that doesn't have that you know, a little bit that they, I've got to do something to prove myself. And, and I've also not yet a per, met a person that they, they may feel a sense of self-worth. I talked about last week, the Will Ferrell, you know, drives a Dodge Stratus. They, they may, they may like think of something that they've done that gives them a sense of self-worth, but I still, you know, most people that I really talk to about this, um, they don't feel like that self-worth or that those accomplishments are complete and so I, I do think that we see our need for the gospel, you know, in, in all of these different ways. I don't know. What are, what are y'all's thoughts on that? Um, I guess I'm just trying to think about how, how you apply um, the goodness of this message to unbelievers. Um, I think and, when you, uh, Jason, I, I think to go back to what I was originally saying, the reason I said what I said about, He's not the motivation. Um, he's the bedrock. He's the promise. And then we got into this whole idea of, of really the tension of Christianity. Yes, he is. And, and yet once I become a believer, um, I, I do need to live my life in a way that honors him and glorifies him. Um, and then if you're not a Christian, you know, the whole idea, of, well, at least I'm not as bad as that person. Right, right. I, I have a tendency... Um, to seek people's approval. Uh, uh, this is like turning into a confessional. Um, I have a tendency to seek people's approval. And so legalism and self-righteousness is a trap I could easily fall into. Um, and it, it wasn't until some people really showed me the grace of God that I, I started I started to believe it. Um and so I, I think really that's kind of where this ambassador idea comes in of once once I know the difference between the resume and the file, once I know that Jesus, who is all purity, uh, became all impurity for me, and then once I start trying to live a life not to earn his favor, but because of what he's done in response of what he's done, I don't think it's until that moment that I really can love Christians and people who are not Christians in the way that I'm supposed to. This is good. Because I'm just uh, imp imputing on them my sense of right. Right, um, right. My sense of but once I, once I start to get grace, 
and I'm just enamored by what Jesus has done for us, I think then I treat people different. The whole idea of ambassador. That's really good. I, you know, it, it, that's another idea too, uh, Thomas. Um, and we can kind of jump over this ambassador idea. Um, so 2020. Can I, can I say? Yeah, go can, ahead. Can I say one more thing before we move to that? I just it, as we were talking about this, I I do think that if you look at the broader culture, it's interesting how um, acknowledging your own uh, weakness and brokenness has become a thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you when you see so much of, you know, so many more with celebrities in particular are coming out and kind of acknowledging, you know, I struggle with depression or, you know, I have some mental health issue or, you know, I, I'm not I'm not this perfect person. I am kind of this broken person. So I just find it fascinating like that. I think that is a this is like a cultural moment in some ways where maybe, you know, 20, 30 years ago, that wasn't allowed. Right. We we, yeah. we had to try to maintain this persona that i i am perfect or you know I, I don't have any issues now i feel like it's swung a little bit to no there are there are a lot more people communicating the sense of yeah i'm broken i'm i'm weak yeah i'm you know limited but i think the, uh, the gospel hits they don't have an answer <laughs> right yeah like so all these people are acknowledging it and then going to to counseling or therapy and, and I just think like counseling and therapy without the good news of the gospel, uh, it ends up just being a sense of I'm going to teach you how to manage this. And, right. and that's well, what's so powerful about this new creation language is, you know, Jesus is actually transformed and he's in the process of renewing you, not because of something you have done or something in your life, but it's because of my the power of my grace. So, but so... And, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, but I, I totally agree with what you're saying, Jordan. However, this modern confession moment, if that's what you want to call it, is to me not motivated by a sense of guilt, right? It's motivated by a sense of victimhood, right? And so I do struggle with depression or with drug abuse or whatever, but it, it's not like, you know, um, it's not like because I, you know, am a sinner. It's not because I am right. selfish. It's, you know, it was my dad or it was, you know, I got famous too quick or, um, or whatever. It's, it's some, yeah. or because, you know, I'm, you know, a homosexual or because I'm a, a different race or something like that. There, there's, there's like some like, yeah, it's almost those things aren't humbling. They're actually empowering uh, is the way that we've kind of talked about those things, which is very, yeah, I agree, which is very different I mean, I than think, a Christian confession. Um, yes, a hundred percent agree. I, I do think that, okay, if, if I'm going to look at the brokenness in my life, um, then I'm, you know, I'm going to try to make a turn to how can I, come out on top of this and i think one way is to be the victim right where yeah yeah i i'm i'm seeing everything around me and i'm saying those things are the problem and that's why you know i i'm this way it was funny i just had someone text me the other day it it was a new paper in the scientific journal personality and individual differences 
and they posit a tendency for interpersonal victimhood yeah. as like this this new disease. <laughs> right. And yeah. and so I but I think there is a reality to when when I face you know, all of us, when we face like the reality that we're not who maybe we want to be, we're trying to find, okay, how do I make sense of that? Yes. And, and I think a, a, a actually very seductive uh, thing is, is victimhood, right? Where it's not, it's not me. It's, it's my environment. It's my, you know, whatever, whatever else is around me that doesn't make me have to own the fact that I am, I am broken and ultimately I'm a sinner. And I think that's what people, we, without the gospel, again, like we, yes. we avoid that. We can't say that. And coupling this with what Thomas was saying, I also see this as a moment of like great righteous indignation uh, for people that mm-hmm. are not following the way or not recognizing, you know, the pattern or what's, you know, what this victimhood, in a sense, has empowered within you. Um, there's great, you know, righteous indignation against anyone that would try to, like, question that even. So um, just getting back to the um, legalism. I mean, it's it's a secular legalism. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just very fascinating. And obviously the gospel is very different, right? I mean, um, they're, they're <laughs> you know, true Christian repentance um is as dark as the stain I cannot hide. It's 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 uh, this is my stain. I've done this, um, and I know I can't overcome it. And that's why uh, only it's when that happens does this really become good news. And okay, but the one who was righteous, the one who knew no sin, has actually become sin on my behalf. Um, and that's JC, kind of JC right. JC Ryle says you we must dig low in order to build high. Yeah, that's good. We've got to see the darkness. We've got to see the depths of our depravity so that the grace of God can actually be the amazing thing that it is. And then if we do do that, if we if we have received that, we become these ambassadors. And so yeah. I think your point was really good, Thomas. Like we can't really love other people, um, Christian or non Christian. Um unless this has kind of happened to us. We can't really be ambassadors um, for anyone if we're victims. You know, we can't really be ambassadors for anyone unless we've received something from them, you know, and that's obviously what we believe is happening in the gospel. Yeah, I think to, maybe to tie some of this together, um, at least it, I'm a, we're, we're cultural translators. Um and if the culture is in a management mode of, yes, I admit I'm broken. I have addictions. I have frailties. Um, and the, the band-aid, the cultural band-aid is um, confession and management. Well, we, we get to come in as those who have experienced the grace of Christ and help folks see, hey, there's a better process than confession and management. Mm. Um, We've got a God who who makes uh, makes all things new. That's right. Um, and I think, to me, I think that's that's why Paul ends with the statement he ends with, um, and then if you, if you trace it backwards in this passage, he's like, "Hey, look, we're ambassadors for Christ," and I think that's in and outside of the church. Yeah, I mean, I I, I tried to say that yesterday a little bit. I think that when Paul says, when we say be reconciled to God. That's a message to Christians. 
that we're always reconciled to God in the gospel, right? Um, when I sin as a Christian, I don't say, oh, I got to fix my perfectionism. You know, I don't trust a different gospel after I've received the gospel. I just go back to the gospel and I say, oh, okay, Christ is my righteousness. Christ is my motivation. Um, I'm not trying to impress God here. I am a child of God. Um, so I think that's a motivating, be reconciled to God in the gospel is a motivating call for Christians and non-Christians alike. Um, yeah. And that's why we don't really preach a different gospel to Christians or to non-Christians, right? I mean, it's the same gospel that we both need to hear. It's just kind of where you are in receiving it and, um, and you know, where you are in growing in it. Yeah, I think I think my alarm clock in the mornings should be um, uh, a, a recording of, of somebody telling me the gospel because I just have I need to remember it every day. Yeah, uh, it's, yep. it, I'm remembering the gospel every day. Uh, man, it just changes changes all my interactions with folks, uh, believer yeah. or not. And if we really see the kind of potential, this is something we talked about. If we really see the kind of potential that people real human beings have as people who are sons and daughters of God who could be reconciled to God or uh, people that could potentially be separated from God for all of eternity. Um, the way that we treat people is dramatically impacted, uh, both Christian or non-Christian. Yeah. And I think that that begins with ourselves. Like, do we, do we truly see ourselves as a new creation that God is, yeah. you know, at work in and working to transform and uh, fully realize, fully be what he has already, you know, declared over us to be true. Um, but then, yeah, to look outside of ourselves to our, even our spouse, our kids, uh, the, the people in our small group, um, the church at large, like, are we, are we seeing that God is at work in them, that they are new creations right? and, and the dignity and the, and the beauty of that. Uh, but then yeah, to look outside and, and to see that, man, we have this, we have this incredible message of reconciliation to God to offer. Right. And, and it, it, it's not, it's nothing less than people you know, being resurrected, God transforming them. Um, it's, and I love, I mean, you, you kind of highlighted this in verse 20, you know, God is making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ. Like there, the reason we're, we're so passionate about this is because it's such good news that God, you know, can, can make you new. Um, and I, lo I love like there's a there's a sense of urgency to that, mm -hmm. and and there's a, there should be a sense of joy in that. Like this is amazing. That's good. So I, I wanted to say this in the sermon on Sunday, and then I, in fact, this was like the first thing I wrote down when I was kind of outlining my sermon of like, oh man, I want to make sure I get this in there, but then I didn't, um, and that's on me. I could have put it in the end, but it might be something good to go in the sermon I'm doing, the new command. Um, but it's it's from the weight of glory. And it's by C.S. Lewis, and it's just talking about seeing one another as the new creation, and um, or not, um, but just seeing like our eternal possibilities. I guess is kind of a good way to frame it. But Lewis writes, "It is a it is a serious thing to live in a society of possible gods and goddesses, 
to remember that the dullest, most uninteresting person that you can talk to may one day be a creature, which if you saw it now, you would be so strongly tempted to worship or else a horror and a corruption such as you now meet, if at all, only in a nightmare. All day long, in some degree, we are helping each other to one or the other of these destinations. It is in light of these overwhelming possibilities, this is with the awe and circumspection proper to them, that we should conduct all of our dealings with one another. All friendships, all loves, all play, all politics. There are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. Nations, cultures, arts, civilizations, these are all mortal, and their life to ours is that of a gnat. But it is immortals of whom we joke, work with, marry, snub, and exploit. Immortal horrors or everlasting splendors. And, and when you think about the potential, um, that really frames up our ambassador work. Um, but it also frames up of how we see the new command in Christ, which we're going to talk about, uh, you know, week after next. Any other any concluding thoughts, guys? This, this is just such a great passage, such a great, uh, just, it begs a, a response to worship. And so, again, really glad we ended yesterday with those baptisms, because that is a, that's a right response for this passage. It was just a good day. Mm, it was great. Jordan, anything to add? No, I I couldn't couldn't say it better than Thomas just said. Well uh, done, yeah, and I and I was glad we ended with "Hark the Herald thing. Angels Sing." Um, yeah. So I mean, it was it was kind of the perfect, uh, you know. I mean, we we obviously reference it a couple of times, but it's 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 obviously a great song to think about when you're thinking about God's reconciling work. So mild He lays His glory by. Born that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them second birth. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Amen. Beautiful. Amen. For Jordan Coughlin and Thomas Nelson, I'm Jason Dees. Thanks for listening.